You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What's up, folks? This is Hawk Talk Preview Edition Week 9. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers make the trip up north to take on the 6-2 Seattle Seahawks. But like usual, before we get into it, I'm going to send it over to my producer, Naz, for the injury updates. All right, thanks, Michael. Well, the big news on the injury front is definitely safety. Tedrick Thompson, he's going to IR with a shoulder injury. Um, He's got to get his labrum surgically repaired, so that's definitely a tough blow to the Seahawks secondary. Uh, Definitely hard to see Tedrick go down with that. Newly acquired safety, Quandre Diggs, he's going to go all the way up to the weekend. Um, He's been struggling to get on the practice field and need to do that before he's able to play, so it's going to be a long shot for him this weekend. And some good news on the injury front, cornerback Trey Flowers, who missed last week, got back to practice, and he's hoping to be ready to play on Sunday. All right, Michael, let's get into the Seahawks' Week 9 opponent. Like you said, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in with a 2-6 and six record have struggled as of late, dropped their last game to the Titans in a tight one, and it sounded a little like this. Second down, 10. Here's the snap, and Winston dropping. Has protection. Throws the ball over the middle. Intercepted. That'll do it. Brett Perriman, did he give up on his route? Don't know. But the uh, interception will end the ball game with 18 seconds uh, left. That's very, Logan Ryan. Very similar to the one thrown in Godwin's direction earlier in the game that turned out not to be an interception. Not sure if Jameis is expecting him to run that post versus staying wide in the seam. But either way, this time it resulted in a interception and ends the game for the Bucks. Well, two interceptions, two fumbles by number three, and the Tennessee Titans will improve the series. Lead to 10 and 2 at the expense of our Buccaneers on this overcast day in Nashville, Tennessee. They'll be playing sad songs all the way home to Tampa. Damn. All right, Michael, <laughs> what did you see from the Bucs last week? Um, another tough loss for the Bucs. That's their third in a row, and it seems like a common theme going on here with the Bucs is turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Winston threw two interceptions and fumbled twice against the Titans. If you cannot take care of the football, your chance of winning the game are extremely down. Um, Arians has his back, though. He's, he's, not, he's not putting all the blame on his quarterback. He's talking about the receivers here a little bit. Everybody's going to want to say, okay, Jameis threw interceptions. Jameis didn't throw one damn interception. That was his fault. His receivers let him down today. Guys stopped on routes that were supposed to be going down the middle. The last play was supposed to go down the middle. Should have been a big play. He played his tail off. And uh, you can write what you want. But he, <laughs> not one of those interceptions was his fault. And it's a damn shame. Uh, you know, we, we, we wasted some, some opportunities. The turnovers early in the game, we fought back. Anything that happens in the first quarter, you can overcome. We overcame it. The, the big drive, uh, two interceptions that were called back, and uh, just it's frustrating. After yeah, further review listening to this, so he's talking about those two interceptions in that game. He's not Correct. talking about over the years. So, okay, I, I get it because sometimes receivers can cut their route short or maybe run the wrong route. Jameis is anticipating a throw, and it just doesn't happen. It's cool to see him have his quarterbacks back there. I mean, maybe not if you're in the wide receiver room, but 
the narrative is that Jameis just turns the ball over way too much, and the numbers kind of back that up. So it might not be just him as the culprit in uh, Tampa. Yeah, and the Bucks did it right. They outgained the, uh, the Titans 398 yards to 246, but just couldn't overcome the mistakes. Winston now has 10 combined turnovers over the past eight quarters. That must be frustrating, especially now we're, we're seeing or hearing that the coach isn't putting all the blame on Jameis Winston. But at some point, uh, you got to take responsibility for your actions. I've watched a few of these games. He's tossing the ball up in the air. It's almost like a three flags that we used to play back home. You throw the ball up in the air, whoever catches it three times gets to be quarterback. It's starting to kind of look like that to me. It's, I mean, you can't win games that way. I mean, you, you just can't, and it's hard. I mean, you look at the Seahawks roster, is very blessed. Russell Wilson's thrown the ball over one time this year. Just once. So, One like, time. Seahawks fans, just take take note. Things could be <laughs> a lot worse because, like Pete Carroll always says, we take care of the ball and it's always about the ball. Always about the ball. The Bucks were held to three field goals in the first half, twice when inside the Tennessee five-yard line. You would think you're on the five, you're going to get in your jumbo package, your hippo package, you just pound the football, they just didn't get done. Tampa Bay coach Bruce Aarons was upset with a losing TD with three minutes and 41 left after linebacker Devin White stopped Brett Kern, short of a fake punt, knocking the ball out. Andrew Adams grabbed the football, ran towards the end zone, only to be whistled dead. Why did they whistle this dead? It's, it's hard to tell. You know, I can't I can't speak for the officials. I'm not going to get on him, but uh, Arians was upset, and you think that's happened a lot. Where a lot of times we let the place go on, and then we go back and review it. Unfortunately, it got whistled dead, and it cost the Bucks last week. That's tough on the defensive side. It's almost like you have to play out every single play past the whistle now, mm-hmm. because you never know what's going to happen. They're going to go back to a uh, replay and try to figure things out. It's getting tougher and tougher to play defense in the NFL. That's for sure. Uh, but despite the loss, receiver Mike Evans had a career day: 11 receptions, 198 yards, and two touchdowns. This guy's a beast. He's been balling every single year since he's been in the league. He might give us a little bit of trouble when the, the Bucks come up north. Oh, the secondary is going to have their hands full, definitely. And we'll get bring us right into our key matchups. All right, our key matchups. First, we got Jameis Winston versus everybody. The Seahawks need to take the ball away. He's shown that he, he, he will give the ball away. Let's take advantage of that. Winston has 12 interceptions and six fumbles lost on the season. That is 18 turnovers. Our quarterback has how many? One. One. So stop. Talking about Russell Wilson and that pick, it's okay. We, we can live with that. Russell's turned the ball over once this season, like we said, but despite the turnovers, the Bucks are fourth in the NFL in scoring average, averaging 28 per game. So maybe he's turning the ball over because he's taking these risks. He, he feels like he needs to put up points to have a chance to win ball games. They got weapons, man. They got weapons, and despite their record, just like every, every week you play some of the NFL, these guys are professionals. They get paid. They get coached. Everyone gets to coach their guys. It's not – it's not going to be walk in the park on Sunday. I know yeah. people are looking at this game this way, but I promise you the Seahawks are not looking at them this way because they got some weapons. Yes, they do. All right, next matchup, Mike Evans versus the Seattle Seahawks secondary. This guy has been a problem since he stepped foot in the NFL. He has done nothing but ball in this league. He has over 1,000 yards receiving every year he's been in the league. I don't know the history of this, but I feel like not too many receivers have come in. What has he been in the league? Four years now, I believe? Uh, this is, yeah, I think this is six for him. Six year. And every year he's been over 1,000 yards. This guy is special. He, I mean, the dude, it, you watch him play and the things that he can do with his body, his body control. He's a big physical receiver, too, so he's going to go up and get the ball. He's a great route runner. He's got 38 receptions, 662 yards, and six touchdowns already this season. Yes, sir. And like mentioned last week, he had 11 for 198, two touchdowns. I believe my best game was 10 catches for 180 and a touchdown, but we lost that game. Mm. Next matchup, Chris Goodwin versus 
the Seattle Seahawks secondary. Evans isn't the only one who can ball. Chris, in his third season, is truly having a breakout year. Last year, he had 59 catches for 842 yards and 7 TDs. Through eight games this year, he already has 47 receptions, 705 yards, 6 touchdowns. That's two weeks in a row we're playing a nice, solid receiving core. There's weapons all over the field, so... Honestly, I'm hoping you know, Trey Flowers is someone that can get back this week. And obviously, Shaquille Griffin is having easily the best year of his career. Um, so hopefully, both those guys are back. Our secondary is starting to get healthy. we got some more depth there. But, yeah, don't get it twisted, man. They are going to have their work cut out for them on Sunday. They will have their work cut off, and maybe Diggs will, uh, will help with that. Chris Carson versus the Buccaneers front seven. The Buccaneers have the league's best rushing defense by a lot. Now, before we looked at the stats, if I came in here and said, hey, Nass, Hey, the Bucs got the best rushing defense in the league. Would you believe me? Probably not, man. I'd have to go look up ESPN.com or something, but <laughs> the numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. They only allow 68 yards on the grounds per game. The next closest team is New Orleans Saints, giving up 84 yards. Chris Carson and the Seahawks offensive line, they'll have their hands full. Also, linebacker Shaquille Barrett leads the defense with 10 sacks on the season. 10 sacks. This What do we have? 11 sacks. 12 sacks. Yeah, we as got two team, last week. As a team, we have 12 sacks. This guy has 10 sacks. He's going to put pressure on the quarterback, especially with the injuries we have on the offensive line. Russell might have to move around the pocket a little bit more this week. Uh, Seahawks receivers versus uh, Buccaneers secondary. While the Bucs have the best rush defense in the NFL, their uh, secondary is struggling. They're 31st in NFL pass defense, giving up 285 yards per game. We throw for about 200 a game. Maybe this is another breakout game where Russell hits that 250 mark, 300 mark. DK look, look, is looking like a solid number two receiver. Tyler Locke is doing his thing. And we always have a third receiver flash. This mm-hmm. week it was David Moore with a nice run. Malik Turner got involved. Um, so I'm in- interested to see how Shoddy and the gang exploits this secondary. I think the way I see this game going, I think it's going to start kind of slow and it's going to be kind of a grind and they're going to get there because the Buccaneers have such a good rush defense, but that's what we do. So something's got to give, right? We are at our best when we run the football. Chris Carson has been an absolute monster this year. Offensive line is getting better week in and week out. So something's got to give there. So I think we're going to try to wear him out early on. It's going to kind of be slow, 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 and that's going to set up deep play action stuff and open the open the field up for Lockett and DK. And I'm glad you said that. You know, they should hand out notes to the 12s when they come in the stadium. So uh-huh. they know, like, look, we're going to run the ball, but look, they're really good against this run, so don't get mad. Don't get frustrated. We have to set it up. We have to do what we do to set up the play-action pass. I believe the first play last game was a play-action pass. So I want to see how they counter this, this uh, great defensive line they got going here. All right, the pass of victory, create turnovers. Jamin Winston himself has 18 turnovers over the year. Got to take the ball away. Last couple weeks, been doing that. Let's keep the party going. Come out strong after halftime. Two weeks in a row, the Hawks have not looked like the same team in the second half. P. Carroll prides himself on finishing. You got to get back to that. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. But I would like a nice start as well. Yeah. And, and a good finish I like to go a along full, with four it. four quarters. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Play I love that. Game. Set the tone and dictate the Bucks. They don't have they have a great run defense, but still needs to run the ball to keep our offense on track. Don't get frustrated. Take a two yard gain. Take a three yard gain. Sometimes you're gonna get stalled out. You have to establish the run to set everything else up. And again, we'll be missing a couple of spots on the line. So uh just stick with it. Be patient. Everything will be fine. Handle business at home. We've already lost two games at home this season. That needs to change. Four and on the road, first time since 1980. Yep. Lost two at home. I don't know when's the last time we've done that in the first uh, four home games. But uh, got to take care, take care of home. One of the Hawks' greatest advantages is CenturyLink Field. 
is the 12s. So we got to get back to doing what we do at, at the house. And I, and I think we will, man. I think we're. I think we've had the two games we've lost. Don't get it twisted. We lost to two playoff caliber football teams, yeah. and we had a chance to win those games. In both those games we lost at home, we gave up too many points. We gave up 14 points on offense. We gave up in the first game to the Saints. We gave up some. We gave a punt return and allowed another score on defense. So if we take care of the ball and we don't give it up, I think that's going to eliminate all those problems. And the 12s are going to be rocking, and we need to get to 7-2. and two. Get to 7-2 and because you know who we got a couple weeks after that? The good old Niners. All right, folks, that's another Hawk Talk Preview Edition Week 9. The two and six bucks come up to the northwest to face the six and two Seattle Seahawks. It's been real. I'm your host, Michael Bumpus, along with my producer, Nasa Chobie. We'll catch you next time.